my experience with the thing uh, is similar to yours. Um, although, because this has only happened to you recently and you've never done it before, you're a bit more subsumed by the reality distortion field than the rest of us. I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm frankly, my, my eyes are twinkly right now. Enjoy yeah. it, man. This is like Brave New World or something, right? You know, you, yeah. you climb out of the soma pit later. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bad Voltage, Season 3, Episode 17. I hope Yay! you're all safe and well. Yay! Here with my <laughs> compadres, Stuart Ian Langridge and Jeremy Annabelle Garcia. <laughs> Continue to be such a muppet. By the law of averages, we'll get it right one day. <laughs> we, we will. You won't even know when it happens. <laughs> Maybe we already have got it right. It could be Annabelle. And it he's just doing the well poker be. face thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I want it to be something like Horace. Horace would be better. <laughs> Horace, Horace would be good. Horatio, perhaps. <laughs> Horatio. <laughs> Ranulf. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, it's, it, it's, it's good to be here with all of you lovely people. We aren't going to do anything but talk about one thing today, and we're going to talk about phones. We're going to talk about new phones that have been purchased in the Bad Voltage team. Yes. I'm not going to tell you what the phones are. But um, one of them is extremely pixely, so uh, in nature. Um, <laughs> wow! So, uh, yeah, your your, yeah. your subtlety is unsubtle today, yeah, no, and uh, we're going to celebrate mediocrity <laughs> in all of its wonderful forms. So, shall we dig in, chaps? Let's do it. We shall. So, I know you two have been whining about getting new uh getting new phone jeremy in particular was talking about getting the pixel 5 and i think i was actually talking about not getting the pixel 5 but yes <laughs> well well this is the thing do i understand that um uh that like the weak-willed consumer slave you are you may have caved in <laughs> so after saying that i probably was not going to get the pixel 5 what i went ahead and did was get the pixel 5 <laughs> so um here is here is your actual chance so um tell us about it regular listeners will know that i'm a big fan of the pixel line of phones and i was a nexus fan before that the unadulterated bloatware free android experience really is top notch that said for the first time since the pixel one i decided to skip the pixel 4 for a variety of reasons there were just too many things about it i didn't like the Pixel 5 got me back on board though, and I've had it for a few weeks now. Here's what I think. On paper, the Pixel 5 seems a bit, if not disappointing, then underwhelming. It sports a 6-inch OLED display and a 90Hz refresh rate and a bezel-less design. It has wireless charging, fingerprint unlock, and is IP68 dust and waterproof. The phone ships with 8GB of memory and 128GB of storage. All good so far, you may be thinking. But issuing a flagship sock for the Snapdragon 765G resulted in Google taking quite a bit of flack. So did including the same main camera as the previous generation Pixel and shipping with two front-facing cameras instead of the three that's becoming the standard on flagship phones. What's clear to me is that at $699, Google decided to stop playing the $1,000 plus flagship game. They got back to basics and it's surprisingly good. While the display on the Pixel 5 is 6 inches versus the 5.5 inches of my previous Pixel 3, the phone is almost identical in size, and this is due to the almost complete lack of a bezel. What isn't even close to identical in size though is the battery. The Pixel 3 came in just over 2900 mAh, where the Pixel 5 is just under 4100 mAh, and the difference is night and day. And by that I mean, come nighttime, you'll actually still have a charge. The phone is aluminum, but with a resin coating that I quite like. It's grippier than glass and isn't as much of a fingerprint magnet as many newer phones. Gone is the facial unlock and solely that never quite panned out. As for the su supposedly slow silicon, for me it's more than sufficient. If you're a really, really serious gamer or more than likely obsessed with benchmarks, you may notice a difference, but I'm a pretty heavy user of my phone and I don't. So what's the bottom line? There's nothing groundbreaking or mesmerizing about the Pixel 5's design. 
or about the Pixel 5 in general. At $699, this should be a phone of trade-offs, a phone of compromises. Ours ran a review titled, Google Spends Its Bill of Materials Budget Unwisely, but I think they missed the mark. Google managed to add 2 gigs of RAM, double the default storage to 128 gigs, increase battery life by 50%, and still make the phone $200 cheaper. It's a near-perfect bill of materials if it wasn't for millimeter wave. I'm guessing they made some kind of deal with Verizon, but adding somewhere between $50 and $100 to the phone's cost makes very little sense for something that almost no one will use. Despite the mid-tier chipset, running an unfettered version of Android means the chip isn't bogged down and lets the Pixel 5 deliver an Android experience that feels just as fast as it does on phones with much faster chips. The massive battery life is a game changer, and the device just feels right in your hands. While I've always had a quote-unquote flagship phone, and this one really isn't, it feels like one. A bit to my surprise, it's a great phone. The Pixel is back. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which this is like we've, it actually we've is gone, interesting. But we've, uh, we've got backwards and forwards on this. I know um, uh, both of you have been uh, thinking about it, and the overwhelming um, impression I took from your conversations and how you felt about it was that you were kind of underwhelmed by it conceptually. But yes. Jeremy, what you're saying is you you caved in and bought it anyway, and now there's nothing massively special in it, but it's generally good at everything and it's not a thousand dollars no i mean for seven hundred dollars i think it's probably one of the better values out there is it the, the interesting thing is pixels have always been known for having the best camera and they keep not changing the hardware and just relying on software and i think that's finally caught up with them you're noticing some of the newer flagship phones do have cameras that have better output um, so i think at yeah. some point they're going to have to pay attention to the hardware I think especially for the times that we're in in 2020, this is a near perfect phone. You know, it reminds me of when, when you were going through your review is, um, I remember years ago getting, I think it was a Motorola G5 um, because I had a phone that conked out and I was, I think I was waiting for the Pixel and I got the Motorola and it was, if I remember rightly, it was fairly cheap, but it was a really impressive little phone. Like it, yeah. it was fast and it ran almost vanilla android and it and and it made me think do i really want to get a pixel like this is really good and it seems like you've had a similar kind of experience there right yeah i mean as my review there indicated there's nothing that's going to wow you about this phone but as just an everyday phone that you use it's not terrible at anything and it's very good at everything and um, we have to a reasonable extent kind of peaked in terms of phone features. You, you're in the same situation now that um, PC manufacturers were in some years ago. And they're like, well, what can we say about this one which is actually better than the last one? We basically got it sorted now. So they, so they keep inventing brand new features that nobody cares about just in order they can say, we've got all these new features because... And I, I honestly don't know whether this is true or not. Certainly, there are a whole bunch of marketing people, especially in the tech world, who believe that people buy stuff because of a new, because of a list of features, even if they're not going to use those features. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a marketer. They are. It's their job. So I assume they know more about it than I do. It just, it drives me crazy because you think, well, nobody wants half this stuff. So this is where I think the reviews largely, especially the reviews that came out initially one day after the phone came out, like I said, it, it is underwhelming in a lot of ways from a pure, I'm looking at the spec sheet perspective. Why, why would you ship with 765G as, as a sock, right? When so many more are available, you're, you're basically shipping with a sock slightly slower than the Pixel 4, which seems like a weird design decision. But I think mm. the Pixel and Google have gone all in on we're going to maybe do one or two things a generation that are genuinely trying to be innovative. Soli would be an example of that. So, it, didn't, it, happened not, it happened not to pan out, but I like that they tried something new. And if it would have, that would have yeah. been a, a gen, genuine technological advancement, which, uh, as you noted, becoming a little bit more rare with phones. Yeah. Because it's tough. But I think they're all in on phones are software. And I, I am tending to agree with them. The, I, Android 11 is as should every new version of Android, should be the, the best version of Android ever released. But I think they they focused on stability and, and smoothness and experience. The design of the software is, I think, the best version. Uh, it's the most usable version of Android yet. 
it does take some getting used to because they're moving more towards gestures and more. They were a little bit reticent to do some of the things that I think Apple has already moved to. Uh, as much as they get kind of uh, dinged for for copying Apple a little bit, <laughs> uh, they went all in on Android 11. If you enable them all by default, I did. I was annoyed for about the first eight to twelve hours, but now I cannot imagine going back. Like the software back button I disabled really annoyed me. <laughs> I now could not go back to a phone with a software back button. It, That's, the the yeah. swiping from the left to the right is. Once you're used to it, so much better that it's difficult to articulate for something so minor. It's way better. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I but agree. But you're just your yeah. muscle memory of the last five versions of Android. You, you know, people are resistant to change. I did think, um, since we're talking about um, hardware changes, I didn't know what millimeter wave was. And then I thought, hang on, does this mean you can scan people to see if they're carrying guns or something in the airport? And then I, <laughs> and then I looked it up, right? Y- yeah, no, you can scan scan people in the airport because only Verizon uses it. The reason I'd never heard of it yet, um, it's 5G. For people who've never heard of this millimeter wave thing in the context of phones, it's 5G, but it's very specifically not just the 5G that everyone's rolling out. It's not in the UK. It's not even licensed in the UK at all. In the US, every I think every phone company does it in the US, but in a very tiny way, but Verizon appear to have gone big into it. Only Verizon. I think they're only in four cities. I've read a couple of things which said that um, AT&T do it for business, a little tiny bit, and T-Mobile have got a little tiny bit of it. But as far as um, everyone on Earth, or everyone in the US is concerned, if you're on T-Mobile and you have a millimeter wave compatible phone, you still won't get millimeter wave. No. And so the thing to understand about millimeter, millimeter wave, if you're not familiar with it, is it gives you outrageously fast speeds but it's highly highly impacted by things like walls and windows and sheets of paper so it's it's not uh, the one use case that it will be super good for is if you're at a stadium you'll in that stadium is covered by millimeter wave that density of people in one giant open space millimeter wave in that very specific use case game changer other than that it's not great i can imagine it being useful for things like self-driving cars or whatever because they're outdoors Mm, but i saw a bunch of stuff saying okay if you are the sort of person who is on verizon and wants to buy a brand new phone and does a lot of high-end network gaming on your phone while standing on a street corner millimeter wave is useful (laughs) to you and i went huh (laughs) so the other thing though about the self-driving car is you have to have antennas constantly so they're not going to take whole expressways and cover them with millimeter wave. It's for dense urban areas only. Like I said, I mean, I literally knew, I'd never even heard of it in the context of phones until um, uh, I read uh, the stuff that uh, you were going to talk about, and then I looked into it. But it was weird. it, it uh, made the, more uh, sense uh, for them to have a version that included it and a version that excluded it, which they did with the Pixel 4a, and they yeah. did not do for the Pixel I mean, 5. the only other thing um, I feel I ought to point out is that your phone is made of aluminium. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting that they went through the effort of making the phone aluminum, but then covered it in resin. So it supports wireless charging, which most metal phones do not. And that's actually why most phones went to glass backs, was was wireless charging. So they put a ton of engineering work into making this thing metal and supporting wireless charging, and then covered it in resin, which seems silly, but... uh, I don't think I'd want a phone that was like a MacBook. It's just too slippery (laughs) and not something that you would like. The, The resin's actually surprisingly nice. Now, Mr. Garcia, I do have a comment and then some questions for you about your new Pixel 5. Sure. The comment is, your, 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 what you said about Android 11 was interesting to me because um, with my Pixel 3, uh, when I got the upgrade for Android 11, I've had nothing but stability issues. Um, I've had the opposite experience, that it hasn't been stable at all. And that's probably because I'm running an older phone, but, you know, nonetheless. How about an older Pixel phone? So it is a Pixel phone. To, not, to interject slightly, I was coming from a Pixel three that I had updated to Android eleven. I had no stability problems whatsoever. Really, there was some slight differences though in a fresh install on the five and the three, more from a UI perspective and just usability. I had no stability problems whatsoever on my three. Wow. Yeah, I had. Const- I was constantly having to reboot my phone, and I haven't. You know, I haven't done anything particularly special with it. It's not like I'm rooting it or anything like that. I, and I basically rebooted once a month for security updates. Right. 
Huh. Interesting. Now, questions. Uh, yes. First question is, why did you go with the Pixel 5 and not one of the other litany of Android phones? I know that you probably don't want to go with Samsung phones because of the amount of crap that they install on them. But what about some of the other phones that are a bit more vanilla? Why did you go Pixel 5? Yeah, a, a couple of reasons there. Um, for Samsung specifically, it was both the the UI decisions that they make and the bloatware are, are one. Their just lack of timely updates is another one. They tend to lag yeah. further behind yeah, than, than I would want to lag. There are some other manufacturers, and I've gone non-Pixel in the somewhat recent past. I had an Essential and, and really liked it. But um, for some of the other ones, like I looked at the Oppo, which they came out with that bonkers flagship phone. And putting aside that it's, whatever, $1,200 or something, this is a massive phone. And I am of the mindset that this is the right size. The six-inch screen, which initially I thought was going to be too large, because it is truly bezel-less, it's not any bigger than my Pixel 3, which is, to me, the right size. All the other nice phones are, are tablets to me, and I, I don't want to carry around a tablet. I have a tablet. I don't want to carry it around right. with me all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And what about you? You mentioned the software, right? So I remember when I bought my uh, – the last phone, Pixel, that I bought was the obviously the Pixel 3. And one of the major reasons why I was attracted to it was because of all the really cool software things that Google were doing. And it seems to me like – um, I just don't hear as much about Google innovating when it comes to software as much as they used to. What's new from a software perspective that's kind of struck you with the Pixel 5? Or is, is there much to report there? So I'm guessing that that's a little bit deliberate on their, on their end in that I think they really, really focused on stability, usability, and polish for Android 11 and skipped a bunch of features. There's a couple new things in, in Google Assistant that I believe are exclusive to the Pixel. One of them is you can put it in a mode when you're on call on hold, and it will actually know when someone has answered and tell you and ring the phone as opposed to you having to wait. So I think that is a Pixel exclusive, but most of the Pixel exclusive things are, are pretty minor. And that, and to be clear, is also pre minor. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that was included in the minor things. Yes. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I mean, I guess it's interesting it, that like, it, they, they a, said if it that's can a tell... major thing. And no, there are minor, not. There are things no, no. which are more minor than that. They must My be point really was super that's a specific minor. example of how minor right. the things are. Right. Understood. Okay. Sorry. I apologize. Right. No, that, that's on. it. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, ever since I got my iPhone, I've been wondering whether I should have gone with it. What? Your your what? I didn't mention this. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I got an iPhone. Okay. Um, sorry, <laughs> I, I appreciate it's not very good radio for us to just sit here with our mouths open. <laughs> <laughs> you do look shocked. Uh, are your 30 pieces of silver in the post? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's very difficult having a cool, a cool hipster haircut when you've got as little hair that I've got to warrant an iPhone. Well, um, is there is there a pocket in your scarf that you can store your iPhone? In? So I was going to say, I guess I'm not very surprised. You've been acclimating to the hipster lifestyle lifestyle now that you're in, in California. You've already I, I resent that you, statement. You're already Mr. Gus. immersed in the Apple ecosystem. Like you yeah. have a, a you have an Apple laptop. You're wearing iPod or whatever those things are called. I, yeah, pods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, uh, AirPods. Yeah. AirPods. That's. I knew yeah. I was getting it wrong. AirPods. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'd say they're terrible, but I have Pixel Buds to go along with my Pixel Five, so I guess I can't. I can't ding you for that one. But you're already steeped in the ecosystem. Is my point. I am, and and as if by an amazing feat of surprise, I have in fact prepared my own review of the new iPhone 12. Well, <laughs> uh, come on then. Um, I, I, I should be. I should be interested to hear this. So. Speak on. I would prefer if you would be quiet as I read my review, and I don't want to hear any tittering or sniggering at the back, okay? Uh, okay. I can't make no rash promises. Put, put it on eye mute. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the iPhone. Now, for many years, it has existed, and for many years, I've, in fact, ignored it. While I'm not opposed to luxury premium devices, and while I'm never opposed to using things that others may deem trendy, there's kind of a trend out there of people rejecting things just because they're popular, I just haven't been very excited about iPhones. They've always struck me as too limited, too focused on an audience that wasn't me. Now, in hindsight, this was a bullshit argument. I'm hardly an Android power user. I'm not rooting phones, and I'm not building my own APKs. I just like the focus and flexibility of Android. And as somebody very invested in the Google ecosystem, both in my business and in my life, 
I always assumed Android devices, especially Google Android devices, would be better for Google Power users. Then, Google announced the Pixel 5. And no offense, Jeremy, but I was bored. Given that my Pixel 3 was starting to show signs of an early demise, I was in the market for a new phone. So I held out, constantly refreshing the rumor websites for the hot new Pixel. And I was presented with a boring, run-of-the-mill phone that will sell more units, but just doesn't interest the power user. Now then, a friend of mine mused about getting an iPhone, and he's a long-time Android user. And for the first time ever, I looked at the iPhone website about the newly announced iPhone 12, and I was instantly hooked. I ended up plumping for the iPhone 12 Pro Max and literally maxed out the specs. Insane cameras, huge screen, half a fucking terabyte of storage. Hell yes. But would I like it? Well, then it arrived and it's an absolute thing of beauty. The precision engineering, the crispness of the screen, and the insane battery life were just the beginning. I then explored the cameras. Now, I'm no photography expert, but I do know when a photo looks good. The portrait mode on the iPhone is especially impressive, blurring the background and delivering vibrant, powerful, striking colors. I've been wandering around my house like a weirdo, photographing everything in sight, but the most compelling example was the day after the phone arrived. You see, our kiddo just had his birthday, and my wife Erica and I spent our entire Friday evening blowing up 150 colorful balloons and decorating the house. It was the best we could do given the fact that you can't have any kids over due to the pandemic. It was also the perfect opportunity to test the camera, and it looked amazing. And this is when I started to get it. These weren't just photos. They were memories. They looked and felt different. And this is when it really struck me. This really is a genuine consumer premium device. Everything's so well designed and delivered that it feels buffed and sheened. The included apps on the phone, the app store experience, the podcast experience, the video shooting and editing experience, everything just works and everything looks and feels consistent. And then there is the integration. iMessage is incredible and the integration between my Mac and the phone is so much more elegant. No more shitty Android messages constantly losing the connection. Everything just works, and it doesn't end there. I can take and make phone calls on my computer. I can FaceTime with friends. I can airdrop files with my family. I can share screens easily. You know, when I joined Canonical back in 2006, and Ak and I talked about this endlessly, I did so because I love the idea of a Linux distro that just worked. That was our mantra. It was our religion. We're design and experience of first-class citizens. I knew intellectually that Apple had done this, but I didn't quite realize the extent to which they've achieved it. Now, it's not perfect. There are annoyances. I don't like how cluttered the phone gets with apps. There are some system settings that aren't consistently applied, and the new MagSafe thing is a bit shit and not very magnetic at all, which defeats the point. And also, the phone's just really heavy. But these are tiny nitpicks. This phone has not just impressed me, it genuinely wowed me. It delivered far more than I ever expected. And my worry about an inferior Google experience on an iPhone was completely unfounded. I have everything I need working just fine. You see, the sad reality to me, and again, no offense to you, Jeremy, with your new Pixel 5, is that the iPhone delivered what I wanted from a Pixel, but I've now realized I'll never really get what I want from a Pixel. You see, Google make great software, but their hardware is, is just fine. Apple make amazing, beautiful hardware, and their software is much better than I ever expected. Well, apart from Apple Maps and Siri, they got turned off immediately. So I'm sorry, my friends but I'm now going to be an insufferable Apple fanboy. Uh, okay, Jeremy, so um, now John O's leaving the show, do we want to get, what, Christina Warren to replace him, <laughs> do you think? I mean... Sold. I mean, um, Christina's, got an, Christina's got an iPhone as well, but she's not a bell-end about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a fair, that's a fair charge. No offence to your new phone, Jeremy, but your new phone's dog shit. <laughs> Check it <laughs> off, maybe in Apple land. <laughs> um, that's really interesting. It is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it is. They're, they're great phones, dude. Seriously. I knew it was going to be beautiful to look at. I knew the hardware was going to be beautiful. The thing that really surprised me more, as I mentioned in my review, it really was the software, Like, which shouldn't have been surprising because I've got an iPad and I've got a Mac. And I don't love the iPad. It's primarily used for one specific purpose, which is recording videos. But I should have expected that with the iPhone. But I was always put off by the iPhone because it just always seemed like a bit of a, almost like a kid's phone to me. and. 
how wrong I was. The software is much more elegant and well-designed than I ever expected. So, I mean, it, I think it makes sense, at least from my perspective, to break this conversation down in, into a couple of different things. One, I'm just curious to have a, a little bit of a chat about what you think of the phone, but that there's hardware, yeah. there's software, there's the integration between the software and the rest of your life kind of thing, and then there's the respective ecosystems. So if, yes. uh, if anyone yeah. has, if either of you have something you'd like to tack on, cool, but it seems like no, that sounds good those to are me. logical breaking points. Yeah, so yeah. just generally speaking on, on the phone and what you've thought so far, one, I, I, I've not had an iPhone since like the second iPhone, so it's been, it's been a little while. It's how been a how while. much <laughs> did you pay for this iPhone 12 Max Pro loaded oh, device? I would, oh yours? God, should I, should I be holding on to something at this point? I, I would I would prefer not to share that information. <laughs> <laughs> Is it safe to say it's twice as much as a Pixel 5 or more than twice? I bet it's more than. It is more than twice as much as the Pixel 5 that you purchased. Okay, so to directly compare them seems funny. The fact that we can directly compare them to me is a strong win for the Pixel 5. I, I don't think it's fair to compare at, them. At I mean, the I cost. just, I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I did spend an absolute ass load of money on it. There's no doubt about it. But to me, the rationale is fairly straightforward. I spend so much time on my phone. Um, my view is when you spend a lot of time on anything, spend a shitload of money on it if you can afford it because you're going to it's it's going to be worth it for you it's, so for example yeah. when i got the mac you know i spent a lot of money on that and it lasts me so um although i did buy apple care because you know i have a bad history when it comes to <laughs> dropping the phones and i also bought this this um this this case by a company called mouse which they they um i'd actually seen this years ago um and i wanted an android case but they don't they didn't make android cases for the pixel phones where they literally dropped one of their cases with an iphone in it um, from a weather balloon up in space, and it didn't crack. Like it's the, the engineering these cases. Wow, take that, they're, Otterbox. They're fairly expensive. Yeah, it's um, it's nuts, but it's worth it. So because I'm a buffoon and I drop phones, yeah, so. that that is undeniably the truth, and it's worth it. <laughs> it's, it's worth it for you. I'm not even going to argue with you. Um, I I think it's interesting. I mean, I have had iPhones uh, more recently than Jeremy. I swap backwards and forwards between them every few years, and yeah. My experience with the thing uh, is similar to yours, um, although because this has only happened to you recently and you've never done it before, you're a bit more subsumed by the reality distortion field than the rest of us. I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm frankly, my, my eyes are twinkly right now. Enjoy yeah. it, man. This is like Brave New World or something, right? You know, you, yeah. you climb out of the soma pit later. But um, <laughs> the, the, the thing that always makes me switch away from Android is I get sick of the fact that nothing works together and there's no consistency and design is like a a thing that happens at the end of the process. They've got better at it in recent years, but it's still it's still not right. And that because they didn't start with a strong focus on design, they've built a community who don't want to do it because Half the people building Android apps feel that building an app which is similar to how everyone else's app works is somehow knuckling under to the man and giving up on their birthright to build software the way they want to, which means half your damn apps are like Winamp and don't work the same way as everything else. So, I don't think that's the only thing contributing to that, though. Oh? I, I think there is a perception, because if you look at it in the end, the vast majority of, of apps are, are cross-platform, right? Yeah. And I have tried to get out. I have made a cognizant decision to try to get out of the somewhat of a bubble on I'm in technology wise. And I did buy one iDevice. Yeah. But my, I needed a new tablet. And instead of getting another Pixels, I got a uh, I, uh, iPad Pro. Right. Okay. And it's very nice. So I've been a little bit more deliberately comparing. Is that the Android really big one? And, yes. Is that is, that's a really big one, right, yeah, Jeremy? Yeah, so for a tablet that will not leave my home, a larger device seems like it makes sense. For a phone that I'm carrying <laughs> around, not so much. Uh, but yeah, so you go outside. Huh. <laughs> you don't you don't have to sell me on the idea that the, the phones are too big. <laughs> Looking at the cross-platform apps, there is definitely a difference in a lot of them, and and how from a design perspective they work. I find that they tend to work better and have more features on Android, but look nicer on on iPhone. And I think. A lot of that is, if you look at the engineering teams that build these apps, there is a perception that they will make more money on the iPhone platform. Yes. 
and a perception that design matters and aesthetics matter on one platform and don't. So I, I think given a limited number of engineering hours and a limited number of design hours, they just allocate more of both of those to the to iOS. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I think, is largely Google's fault for not having focused on this stuff at the beginning. Because once you've built a community, you don't care about design. You can't then make them care about design. See, for example, Linux, much as it makes me sad. But yeah. uh, and the thing I was saying about um, the thing which makes me switch away from Android is that. And then you go to the iPhone, and you're like, wow, this is so nice. It's fantastic. The thing which makes me switch back is you start to run into weird arbitrary restrictions. Where you're like, why can't I do that? Why can't I copy it's maddening. A, an image into the Notes app? And there's no actual reason. And because I'm me, I know there's no technical reason for it. Apple have just decided not to allow you for no reason. And eventually I get so sick of the fact that I've spent a thousand pounds on a device and I can only do half of what I want with it and the rest of it because some bell ending Cupertino has gone, no, nah, we're just not going to let you because lol. Then I go, screw you, I'm prepared to live with the fact that I have to do half the damn work myself, and I'm going back to a platform where I can do the work if I need to. And that's what makes me switch in between them. When I get hacked off enough with Android being inconsistent and weird and not nice, I buy an iPhone. When I get hacked off with the iPhone building arbitrary walls around my property, I move back to Android. So I will be interested to see, because, I mean, as an example there, Mr... Um, I can take and make phone calls on my computer. I can FaceTime with friends. I can airdrop files with my family. I can share screens easily. Every single one of those clauses, I can take and make phone calls on my Apple-purchased computer. I can FaceTime with friends who happen to own iPhones. I can airdrop files with my family because they've all got iPhones. I can share exactly. screens easily yes. on the Mac. So you can't FaceTime me because I'm not allowed to use FaceTime. I know. And I haven't got an iPhone. But and that's and that's that's fine with me. But the, the, yeah. that's the point I'm making is that because I've got a Mac, I wouldn't. I've, I mean, I wouldn't have bought an iPhone if I was running Linux or nah, running or, Windows. Or Windows. Nah, because it would it wouldn't it wouldn't have made sense in the same way that you know technically you can use an, an Apple Watch um, without an iPhone, but not really. Yeah, um, <laughs> it just doesn't make any fucking sense. So I, I appreciate that I am I'm wired into the most walled of walled gardens. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> And it's fairly reasonable to say, yeah, I'm in this walled garden, but all my other friends live in California and are also in this walled garden, and my family are also in this walled garden, and it's quite a nice garden, so I'm not that bothered about it. Well, honestly, and I, I, I actually thought about that quite a bit in evaluating getting this. When it comes to friends and social interaction, it makes no difference i don't think the reason why i don't mind being in the wall garden is because it makes me doing the things i need to do easier right now there's no doubt that um having friends with eye devices makes airdropping stuff easier and that definitely is helpful right but you know i'm still texting with people with android phones and i can still text with people within iMessage, for example um the facetime thing is not that big of a deal it's more the interaction between my mac and my iphone that i find helpful wow. so things like you know do not disturb right you know doing that from the mac and it enables it on my iphone and um, you know there's and you know for example just uh two factor two factor authentication um, is another example of that. Like, there's lots of little subtleties that are that play a role between these, and definitely receiving phone calls. So, it, the the wall garden thing doesn't is not as big of a problem as I was anticipating. The th the big learning that I had was I genuinely thought that if you have an iPhone, that using Google's litany of services was just not going to be as good. And when I installed all the apps up and I set them up correctly, which was a ball ache, because one of the things I like about Android is once you've set your Google account once, then it's easy to authenticate for anything where you log in with Google. You have to constantly re-log in with the, with, with the iPhone. It's a pain in the ass. Um, but once I got that set up, now it's working fine. I mean, a good example is, you know, Im images, photos from my camera automatically go into Google Photos. It's yeah. a good example of that. Well, a stupid question then. Are you using the Google Assistant? Because you've made a you made a big deal in the past about how the Google Assistant is utterly critical to you, and I'm a moron yes. for not getting with the new voice-driven program. Ironic <laughs> that the person that kept the Pixel doesn't use Google Assistant at all. It's actually off. <laughs> 
you were like, I, I have to have it, and I need it for directions, and I get recipes from it, and I, and I dictate emails and everything. Is that no longer the truth? I use it to screen my calls, direct quote, Jonathan Bacon. I'm, assume, <laughs> I'm assuming you can't get Google Assistant on the iPhone because Apple have gone, no, there's only no. going to be one Assistant and it's ours. Yes, you can. It's can installed you? on my iPhone. You can, oh, yes. cool. you can install oh, Google great, Assistant? Yeah, it's on my, it's on my iPhone. Now, uh, so, let me... Genuinely let, did not know that. Two points of clarification. One is, I think there's a little bit of revisionist reporting of my views on Google <laughs> Assistant. I have not considered it, quote, unquote, critical okay <laughs> i use it from time to time to find out facts about iron maiden so that's the utilization of google assistant um but I, siri is bollocks may it be heard throughout the land okay so i did install google assistant they have a, an app in the app store what i haven't frankly just because i haven't had time what i haven't figured out is whether you can so with um with with the iphone you can i think you either hold i think you hold down the power button that was and it enables siri that was my that's question. what yeah. i've not figured out yet apparently you can do it i just haven't done can, it i think you've got to fuck around with it i didn't know if you it. could wire it in so it takes the place of siri so um amazon do uh you can have uh the Amazon device, which I'm not going to mention his name, like Lord Voldemort, about the Amazon device. Wow, genuine stab of fear. Then that's a bit worrying. Um, uh, but the 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 device um, that shall not be named um, can be installed as the assistant on your Android phone and completely replace the Google Assistant. So I imagine on iDevices, it's Hey Siri, ask a Google Assistant to do this thing. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> it would surprise me if you can replace all the Siri touch points with another one. I mean, maybe you can, and great for Apple. I, I assumed you can't without New with the iPhone 12, you can play the telephone game on your telephone with multiple assistants. <laughs> <laughs> the future is here. But Yeah. Okay, so even if, um, I think that's interesting. Do, and I'm looking for as honest an answer as you can manage here. You're yep. not using the Google Assistant much, but do you think you already weren't using it much and that didn't change when you got the iPhone, or have you stopped using it because it's not as convenient to use now? Uh, there's no doubt that um, because it's... I'm just not using it at all right now on my phone because it's not really set up. I mean, I can go and tap the thing, the yeah, tap, but, open but the app and do it. were you using it the day before you bought the iPhone and now you've stopped using it? Or had you basically stopped using it anyway? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like if I need- so you just have to answer your own phone like the pl- proletariat now? It's I know. Very, very sad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's no doubt that I've, I'm using it a lot less because uh, it's not you know i can i holding the button down what i never did with 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 um with my assistant i didn't have it voice activated so i'd have it so you hold the button down um so i if i can get that set up on the iphone then i'll use it a lot more but it's frankly less of an issue because we're not going anywhere and we have google homes around the house so i just talk to the google home if i need to ask it anything Uh, but if i'm out and about i'm gonna need that for sure and and I literally tested simple things with Siri, like just adding numbers. I was driving off somewhere and I needed to add some numbers together in my head. And I asked Siri and it like started talking about fucking Taco Bell or something. Like I was like, what are you talking about? Okay. it The speech recognition with Siri is unbelievably bad. Like they really have uninvested in Siri. Like Google Assistant is so much better. So, but I'm I'm going to have to figure that out at some point for when, you know, we can eventually start traveling and going out and about when this pandemic eases up a bit. So, um yeah. I yeah, I'm not a big fan of Siri myself. Although it may have improved since I last used it, but from the sound of it it hasn't at least from what you're it saying. Hasn't. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Um, I mean, <laughs> I never even enabled it on the iPad. It's it, it's interesting that um there used to be a bunch of things where you're like, but I want to be able to tell my f- control my phone and make it do things that Apple just won't let me do it. And they've gradually brought in things like Siri shortcuts. Um, right. Are a really good way to make that kind of thing happen. And you've got 90% of what Tasker could do on Android from the beginning. So it does seem like they're converging on some point somewhere in the middle. Google are gradually saying, no, we're not going to let you swap out anything you like because everything has to go through Google Play services now. So you get updates and um, no, we're going to uh, attempt to enforce uh, a higher quality of design on here and make it difficult for your app if you don't get on board with that. And at the same time, Apple are like, well, we're going to gradually open doors so you can do things which you couldn't do before because we're yeah. less interested in 
controlling the experience to the nth degree. I mean, they, as Mark Pilgrim, I think, when um, the iPhone first came out and it was going to be web apps only, but there were only certain, you know, there weren't going to be real apps on it. The pitch was that Steve Jobs went, I've made this beautiful thing and I'm not going to let you unbeautiful people fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe there was a certain amount of truth in that characterization. (laughs) You know, the, uh, the, the two things that really, I mentioned this, one of these in the review, but you know, I mentioned about pictures. Um, the camera's so good that it really does feel like memories. I wasn't, I wasn't over inflating that genuinely. Like I, for example, I was, do you have a real camera? Um, I've got a DSLR camera. Um, and I, I, I'm not in any way a photographer at all, but for example, I was sat on the couch the other day watching TV biscuit, the dog was on my lap and I just took a picture of him cause he looked cute and it looked like the kind of thing Eric and I both said, we should print that out and frame it and put it on the wall. It, it looked, it had that sheen of a professional photographer um, taking a picture of something. And I was always impressed with the pixel camera. The pixel camera was amazing. But to me, it was amazing from a resolution and a clarity perspective, but especially portrait mode on the iPhone. It's just, it just, it looks different. And that really surprised me. And now I, I, I know it's a completely emotional reaction to it, because it doesn't make memories making a picture. It just really is. Like I took, Eric and I were cooking at the weekend and we took some pictures of some of the food from this cookbook we were making. And it looked like, I sent it to a friend and he was like, wow, that looks like professional food photography. It's unbelievable. So what I've heard about the, the 12 Pro Max explicitly is basically supposed to take pictures that are near pro quality without you having to learn about F-stops and ISO and, and all the other things exactly. that come into uh, using an actual camera. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's, in, what's interesting about that, I think, is I, I I agree with you, um, and that's really handy. And they're attempting to capture whatever the hell it is that makes photos look good. Um, but yeah. a good proportion of that has got to be software. There's only so much you can do with a lens which is tiny on the back of a phone, right? Um, yeah, I'd assume and, so, yeah. And so what that means is that Google's approach of we're not going to put a better hardware camera in the phone, we're going to make it better with software, might be the right thing to do. They're just not as good at photo software as Apple are. Well, things like sensor size and, and the lens does matter. Obviously, you're oh, not oh, putting a $2,000 actual yeah. lens from a, yeah. from a pro to, style To camera, some but... extent, obviously, the hardware does help, and you've got to have a certain minimum quality of hardware in there. But the Pixel had the best phone hardware, acknowledged by basically everybody. Um so maybe you can go a long way with software and they and Google just haven't cracked it yet, or maybe Apple do have something special in the hardware or what? I don't know. Yeah. Now I, I know this is not good for a podcast because it's audio only, but I'm showing you guys this picture of Biscuit. Um and hang on. Um and I I I'll put this online, but like it really is like when you look at the the way he's laying and, and the blurred background and you can see the the fur and all the different details. It's 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 remarkable. I mean it's I've that never does seen look like, like it was it. taken from a mirrorless or, or DSLR camera. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it does the depth of field stuff and everything. And it can't that can't be a thing done well, as far as I'm aware. It's just can, aperture that, enough stuff, really. Yeah, but yeah, but it can't be hardware stuff because you don't have the depth of field in a little phone lens, right? Or do you? From that close, you do. I think it is a lot of software because, for example, when I was taking pictures of the food we were making on Saturday night, um, you could see it constantly trying to blur out different bits of the <laughs> of right. the photo. So you could see the software working, and it's not perfect. But I'd assume that Apple were relatively relative ignoramuses when it came to the software side, and Google had this tied up because their software. No, no, no. F- what, that what was Google- a very, very weird assumption. Yeah, Apple, <laughs> Apple, Apple are much better at. The software that you use, what they're crap at is network services. Google are really, Any really services. good at network yeah. services. That's a good point. And yeah. really bad at delivering software that you actually use. So camera the, aside the, for a second, just the general hardware, because this device looks pretty heavy. Not quite double the Pixel 3 that. to go along with the double the price, but it's not far off from double the weight. And quite a bit larger. What do you think of the and and to to set the tone for listeners who are listening to this but are not regular listeners? Uh, one place that Ak and I agree on and Jono disagrees on is the size of phone. He he's a fan of the phablet. 
uh, Eck and I are not. So he likes a large phone. But I do. I do. How do you? What do you Big think hands. of the hardware in general for this? I think the hardware is the hardware is 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 very impressive. And again, this is podcast, but I'm going to just show you the comparison between the two. The the the, the my Pixel Three and the iPhone Twelve Pro Max is almost the same size. It's not that big. Yeah, not that much yeah, they're basically the same. Um, put a giant case on that Pixel Three. Wow. Yeah, because of the previously discussed buffoonery. This is, when it I'll comes probably to break that. it now, but this is what, just no case. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm very impressed with the hardware. You know, I mentioned two things that really stood out actually related to that is the battery. Uh, this phone went two days on one charge. Yeah, similar to Using the it extensively. Yeah. Yeah, so... I will be very interested to revisit this question in a year because everyone gets a new phone and goes, oh my God, the yeah. battery's so good. <laughs> Because it's yeah, new. and it's not because it's bigger. Or it seems to me the the new. cycle for cell phone batteries is about two years. After yeah, two I years, they're, right. they're materially worse. Like the, the, you, I, you're getting to the. I bet you two years from now, you'll both be going. It just about lasts to the end of the day, but I normally like to plug it in a bit at lunchtime just to make sure. <laughs> you know, both you going. Oh, two days easy. It's fantastic. Brand new battery. It's no, you're it's, you're totally right. It's yeah. it's, new. I mean, it, it's, it's not because it's better. It's, yeah, it's just newer. <laughs> We're we're in the honeymoon period of battery life. I have yeah. to say the Pixel Three was very impressive. Yeah. Like it lasted a long, a lot longer than I expected. Um, both in terms of just not being flushed down the toilet and battery life. <laughs> so, so just um, iOS versus Android. What's your sixty second hot take? iOS definitely feels a little bit more limiting. Um, I feel like Android definitely provides a lot more flexibility. Although I'll be honest with you, digging into the settings of the iPhone was way more expansive than I expected. And I was comparing that primarily to the iPads. Um, I think they've added a lot more configurability in recent years. Um, I think that I, I, for what I use the phone for, it's much easier to use than, than Android. Um, but I think Android definitely gives you a much broader level of like, you know, optionality when it comes to what you're doing. Yeah, I, I think I just came to the conclusion I just don't really need a lot of that. It's like I think if somebody's really into phones and they're staying up to date with all the latest apps and technology and all the rest of it, then I can see someone getting bored of the iPhone pretty quickly. Um, but I'm not that person. Like I'm, I'm frankly, I'm probably not that much different to my mum and dad when it comes to what they use their phones yeah. for. I just use a lot of a lot of very specific apps. And I, the complexity exists in the apps, not in the phone itself. For do me, you so. do you own any hardware uh, which is not from Apple, and which your phone will need to integrate with somehow? Yeah, I mean, because, because um, in my experience, um, it goes one of two ways: either the people who make this hardware basically care about iPhones. And the and the Android experience is really shonky and doesn't work right. There were two or three things that I've uh, owned where I've had to dig an old iPhone out of the out of the phone graveyard and install the iPhone up because I can't get the Android one to work. But then the yeah, exactly. uh, the, the other half are people who are like this hardware. We want it to be able to work with everything, and then the iPhone experience feels really clunky because there's a bunch of stuff that under the covers iPhones aren't allowed to do, which make it difficult. And it'd be interesting to see when you, if you, obviously it works brilliantly with Apple things, right? So pairing it with your Mac, super duper easy. Sure. <laughs> um, Honestly, everything has worked fine because we have, I mean, to give you an example, we've got Google Homes around the house. Yeah. Um, I've got Elgato key lights in here for when I'm recording my training courses. Um, and they all work cool. This 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 they is work the point great. of asking. Um, and then and then like uh, things like the thermostats, and also like the one the one thing I was curious about was the gate because we've got like a, oh, a, yeah. a, an opener for the gate, and uh, and that worked perfectly fine as well. I found like we talked about cross platform apps earlier on. I think Jeremy, what you said is right. Like where you said they are often more functional on Android, but they look better. The apps feel much more native on the iPhone by design, yeah. right? Um, so for a good example is the Elgato app, like the, Elga the Elgato app for the key lights. I was having a lot of issues on Android and it just feels a lot more reliable and and it looks better on, on the iPhone. But all I did for those is just install the app. I'm all, everything's already set up. Once I logged in, I'm good to go, right? So oh, okay. it's not really the iPhone talking to the device. It's it's running the app that talks to, right, to yeah, the, the device. Right. The, the app, which is doing HTTP to their server. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't really compare that it's uh, but no, and that's, I, i'm that's, not honestly that's fair. 
Yeah. So yeah, overall, I have to say, I, I, and what do you think of the broader ecosystems, be it that competing app stores, but just even beyond that, just the the general, they have two vastly different philosophies, I guess. It's like if, if you write the story of Android and and iOS, it's really choice of control, two platforms to approach it. Yeah. (laughs) The name of the book. And that, and that goes for hardware. Well, not so much hardware, but software integrations ecosystem that's choice and control are the two main points. Yeah. The works. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm probably the worst person to ask because I, I'm fairly simple when it comes to these things. Like, one thing I did need to do was install a whole load of apps to get them up and run, get them up and running on the iPhone. And I, I, I feel like the iPhone app installation experience is much more elegant. Um, it's it's easier to use. I think it's easier to navigate than Android is what I found. I definitely think that Apple Pay is much better than Android Pay um, from my experience there, mainly in terms of adding the cards. Like in terms of using it, you just waft it in front of the device. I was going to say, device. how hard is that? I take my phone out of my pocket and go beep and it's done. How can it be easy? But it, it, it seems <laughs> but in reading it all the reviews that Samsung Pay is still by far the best. That's what, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I found that adding all my cards How? was fairly straightforward. Uh, okay, I added one card one time, so it, it could have been really difficult, and I would have forgotten about it by now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's um, interesting. Like, for example, you know the where you, where you hover the little square over your card, and it's supposed to pick up your 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 number and expiration date and everything. On Android, I could never get that working. I always had to manually type it in. It worked oh, okay. every single time. It worked every time in low light on the iPhone. I was doing it like laid in bed. And it, and it worked well. Okay, now cool. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I've not really used it very much because whenever I've been out and buying something, I've had a fucking face mask on <laughs> and then face ID doesn't work. <laughs> so I can't unlock the phone to use use Apple Pay. <laughs> it, uh, is it, there's no fingerprint unlock on it. It's only face ID. Now, that's an interesting point. I was... Because face ID is bobbins, to be clear. <laughs> I have to say... It is unbelievable. Nah, I, I was nah, expecting. I, I, I'm not. I'm, my complaint is not that it doesn't work. It could work perfectly, and I still don't like it. Conceptually, I don't like it. I was in the same boat, and that's why I was. I was. I was hoping that there was a fingerprint reader on the phone. Ideally, one like that's in the screen. No fingerprint reader, because uh, I love the position of it on the on the Pixel Three, where it's at the back, where you hold the phone and you just put your that's, finger there. That's that's where, um, that's where mine is on my um on my Nokia. Yeah, yeah. The but the um the the face ID, I was not expecting to switch it on. That was just going to type in a passcode, and it is it is pretty incredible how it works. Like it works when I've got sunglasses on. It does not work when I've got a mask on. It works in low light. Like it work. I was in the car last night driving out to pick up a, a prescription, and it worked in the dark and obviously it's the light from the phone that's illuminating your face so it can do it but it's pretty it's pretty incredible um san francisco police department by the way i can't think of a good reason why you'd be unlocking your phone while in the car but (laughs) no i was pulled up i was in a drive-thru for the pharmacy (laughs) oh fair enough (laughs) bastard (laughs) i mean i was naked hey does it um i'm assuming it into i mean i suppose given they're both made about 15 minutes from where you live, I'm assuming it integrates really well with the Tesla, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's no different, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it doesn't do anything particularly special. The thing I've not tested is CarPlay. I mean, I remember when we had our previous car, um, the, uh, and I always felt like Android Auto was better. Erica would plug in her iPhone, and I thought CarPlay was a bit bollocks. Android Auto, I thought, was brilliant. So, is is there anything you found yourself really missing from Android, or really don't like about the phone? Well, yeah, um, you, Android has got uh, picture in picture for video. So, you if you're watching a YouTube video and you switch out to a different app, the, you'll get the little overlay, and it doesn't do that on the iPhone, which is annoying. Uh, uh, wow, we're so different. I hate that. <laughs> so, oh i i love it yeah oh yeah i, I use it, it all the time I, I, I hate it when firefox does it i i did uh, just why do you off. hate it it's just really it, it confuses me i like it I is like, it because it's content <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's it's because i am not content boom <laughs> i suppose i suppose after the dig earlier i did deserve that uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> yes but, exactly but that's, that's interesting so that you don't like, but 
for every feature you miss, there'll be a feature you're like, wow, it never even occurred to me that this was a thing, and now I'm really pleased. So Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be things that, like what you mentioned earlier on about there's going to be times when it doesn't do things that should be obvious. Um, I think I just frankly haven't found those things yet. Yeah, I mean, and um, I, I'm I'm the first to admit that I'm probably likely to run into that sort of thing more than a run-of-the-mill person, because I'm a developer, right? Yeah, right? yeah exactly. So there'll, yeah. Be, there'll be things where... Um, I think. Well, I'll just I'll just move this from here into here. I can't do that. That's just not allowed. And you think? Well, it ought to be allowed. There was yeah. uh, there was stuff where um, what was it? Was that opening PDFs? And you had to use iBooks to do it. Now, I think this right. is, I think this has changed since. But it was the only app which could do this. It, it was saving as PDF or opening a PDF or something like that. iBooks was the only thing that could do it, and no one else was allowed to. And other apps wanted to do it, but you couldn't make them. You had to use iBooks for it. And it drove me crazy. <laughs> and you're like, There's no reason to do this technically. You've done it just because you've gone, no, we're not going to let someone else do this. Yeah, and yeah. that to me, I react really badly to that kind of arbitrary seeming technical limitation. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I, and yeah. you, you're less annoyed by it than me, but... I think it still might annoy you a bit. The question is whether it yeah. annoy you enough to to push back on it. I mean, a good example is the YouTube thumbnail thing. Like, there's no reason why it shouldn't do that. Like, uh, like the small picture-in-picture thing. Like, they should be able to enow- enable you to do that, but they don't for some reason. Um, but overall, I, I I think I'm I'm pretty happy with it. But it's again, it's I think it's different to a Pixel Five because it's just it's a different, completely different category of phone. Like I think if we were comparing the iPhone um, back whenever the Pixel Three came out to the Pixel Three, that would be a fair comparison because they were both very high-end flagship phones. But to Jeremy's point earlier on, the new Pixel Five isn't really intended to be a exp- extremely expensive flagship phone. So I think they're they're different. What I'd love to see is I still want Google to bring out like a high-end flagship phone. I think if they would have done that with the Pixel, I'd have bought the Pixel. Hmm. I think the only reason why I got this is because they didn't do that. They did do that with the Pixel. The pixels, didn't sell. the pixels one, two, three, and four, and no one bought them. I think no one bought them though, partially because where do you buy them from? Like it's not. I don't even think that's it. From my perspective, the Pixel one, two, three, and four each had a glaring, glaring problem with them. The Pixel four, the battery life was unbelievably, knowably terrible. They shipped it with a miniature battery. And I think face unlock <laughs> as well. Th- those two things just meant it didn't sell well. But each of them yeah. had that one thing that was pretty major. The Pixel it. Five yeah. has none of those things. It's just not a flagship phone. You can yeah. point at the one thing for pretty much every Apple phone as well, though. You're holding it wrong, or it doesn't have a headphone jack, or whatever, you know. Um, but I think Jono's right that you couldn't buy the Pixel anywhere. But Google's marketing team. Of Google's phone hardware marketing team being bobbins at their job is not going to be fixed by their phone engineering team coming up with a really, really cool hardware phone. Right? If they come up with something which is perfect in every respect, you still wouldn't be able to buy it on the high street because they can't get the phone into shops. I'm not convinced that an iPhone and a Pixel are fungible devices. I think people make the decision for the most part. There obviously are people that switch. Jono has switched here, but... I think most people decide, I'm going to buy an Android phone, which do I buy? Or, I'm going to buy an iPhone? No one says, I'm going to buy a phone, which ecosystem do I want to jump into? That's, That's interesting. Yeah. I, mean, very, I think you're totally right. I'm not yeah. necessarily... Uh, I can see your point. Do people like it, you, Ak, who are mobile developers, switch back and forth? Or own both? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, totally. I mean, I get that. But, I... That's such a council of despair. No, it's like, there's no point doing any marketing. People basically decide at birth, and then that's the ecosystem they're in forever. Okay. Well, or, well not or forever. What happens? I mean, Jono just yeah. switched. I think I'm the case in point and right now. He's pretty now indicative of that... the average phone user, I think. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think, I think I'm the case in point here, which is Google's marketing didn't grab me for the new generation of devices. And part of that was the marketing... I there's nothing, there's nothing to market because <laughs> right. like you say it's but, average but, 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 but i tell you one thing so. that did grab me was i went into it was it, when i went into and looked at the um the the sales page for the iphone 12 
not knowing anything about it and having all kinds of objections about it, their sales, the way they present their products is mind-blowing. It was so compelling, like the video and how they break it all down. They know how to create something that you lust after. after. And I think that's one of the things where I'd like to see Google change their game a little bit is that I think you buy pixels because they're logical, functional, great devices. And I think people buy iPhones in many cases because they lust after them. I think there's a, a an emotional difference between the two devices. Whenever I was choosing one of my Pixel devices, I chose it because it ticked all the right boxes for what I needed. But when I was looking at the iPhone, I had a different sensation, which was, this thing's fucking sexy. I want this. <laughs> but you have to market them differently because, frankly, no one has ever managed to out-inspirationalize Apple because they're really good at it. And deciding that's going to be our USP, we're going to be more inspirational than Apple is, you can get away with it if you're Ferrari. Hardly anyone else can. I disagree. I think I think there are lots of companies that have done it. I think uh, Tesla, I think Microsoft are increasingly doing it. I think Peloton are doing it. Nike do it. Guess, There's tons I, I, of companies okay, that do I'll, it. I'll maybe give you Nike. Tesla, you might want to step outside the bubble a bit, dude. There are not that many people in are, Birmingham are t- going, I massively desire a Tesla as much as I desire the iPhone I'm not, XS. I'm not, I'm not talking about whether people buy them. What I'm talking about is whether people lust after them. I, I bet don't you think there's loads of people in Birmingham. Nowhere near as many as want an iPhone, man. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm not, not saying they're the close. same. And I, I'm, I'm not saying they're the same by any stretch. There's a lot more people buying iPhones and lusting after iPhones. My point is, is that I think if, if people who've seen the Tesla marketing, I think often lust after them, whether they get it or not, whether they can afford it or not. Or I'm whether not they can for a moment even... saying Apple are the only people who know how to be inspirational. But if you're going, if you're going. You just into... literally said nobody has been able to beat Apple at being inspirational. Yes. <laughs> Except for Ferrari. <laughs> But they seem to be the same statement to me. I'm not saying no one else could do it. I'm saying no one else is as good as Apple are at it. And if you're going into competition with Apple, which Tesla aren't, then attempting to do so by out-inspirationalizing them is a right. mugs game because you'll oh, lose. Within the, context, within the context of competing with them, like cell phones, yeah. I agree with you. And so, I'm just saying that outside of cell phones, there are yeah. people who are, oh, totally, but then, who are doing it. I think Samsung tried for a little while a few years ago there when they yeah. started coming out with the Edge and the, the commercials were <laughs> yeah. very artsy and, and aspirational in a way that now they're just like, buy our galaxy, it's better than anything else Android. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the the edge was super pretty. Are they really? I mean, um, yep. perf- perfect example of a phone which was stunning to look at was the Nokia N nine. Hmm. My lovely, lovely, late lamented Nokia N nine. I mean, obviously, it died on its ass for about ninety two other reasons, but. I mean, they had write-ups about it in design magazines, which doesn't happen to phone manufacturers who aren't Apple. <laughs> yeah. It was it was at that time especially notably prettier. Yeah. Because yes, that was an outlier you, for sure. Yeah. I mean it was it was it was such a shame. That's, that's I a, know. that is one of the sad shames <laughs> about uh, in, in our technology world. You know what? We've been talking about Pixel 5s and iPhones for an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and we will, and we will doubtless talk about them again in the future. But so, um, brief brief conclusion from both of you. You've got one sentence to sum up um, the thing which has changed or hasn't changed with your new purchases. Go. Do you want to go first, Jeremy? Yeah, I, I ended my review with the Pixel is back, and I'm going to stick with that. They they managed to make mediocrity compelling, and that is not easy to do. And I would say, similarly, with the end of my uh, review, uh, sorry, everyone, I'm now going to be an insufferable Apple fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with it. I think it's cool. And it's met and exceeded my expectations. So I like that the MacBook toting, uh, AirPod wearing person is, is now, a knife, uh, now a Mac fan. Or an Apple <laughs> fan. <laughs> the first bunch of very expensive devices, wasn't it? It's this very expensive device that makes me <laughs> a fanboy. Because you get closer and closer to the center of the onion man you watch <laughs> oh, you are am now inside to... <laughs> infinite loop am i gonna have to start wearing a deep v t-shirt and change my name to chad you are you absolutely are i mean i'm slightly <laughs> I, I, technically we can't tell that you aren't wearing one right now and you've just done your hoodie up to hide it away. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's uh, I am I'm changing, well, and I don't know what's happening. So, a um, dark passenger. So, so um, bad voltage community. We'd be interested to hear um, your thoughts on whether Jono has betrayed everything that's sacred in technology by buying an iPhone, or whether you also are prepared to consider this a good thing and you've got iphone yourself and you think they're cool and you're prepared to drop two thousand dollars on a phone rather than for instance a car or something like that it wasn't two thousand dollars how far away from two thousand dollars was it i mean it was not <laughs> tremendously so, far so, away so shut up in my opinion <laughs> I mean, it, it, it wasn't cheap, uh, that's for sure. But again, you spend the money on the things you that you it, use a lot. Honestly, if you're going to look at this thing seven hours a day, yeah, spend $2,000 on it if you've got the $2,000. It's worth it. If you've got the money, like, yeah, if you can if you can afford it. I mean, we're not advocating that everybody goes out and buys really expensive shit, but if you can afford it, then spend money on the things that, that you care about. Yeah. Um, Okay, so yes. um, come to our Slack channel, tell us um, what you think, tell Jono what you think, especially, that would be really interesting. Actually, um, only if you're nice, okay, because I'm, <laughs> I'm anticipating a lot of hate mail after this. <laughs> no, that'd be good. Um, well, I mean, no, actually, no, there will be a small section of people who do consider it a betrayal, same as it was when I got iPhones and what have you, but just ignore those people, because they're idiots. Yes, exactly. And also... Haha, <laughs> we won on the Windows buttons moving to the other side of the window, so screw you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and other people, uh, are you thinking about getting the Pixel 5? And has Jeremy's opinion changed your opinion? Making mediocrity compelling is not necessarily what I would have chosen as a strapline, but again, I'm not a marketeer. <laughs> so may, maybe, may, maybe that does actually sound compelling to you too, um, uh, gentle listener. It, it, it was, to be fair, said a little tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, that's it. It's going to be hacked on the outside of the Google. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, um, uh, come and tell us what you think. And this has been Bad Voltage. <laughs> Peace out, everyone. See you later.